This is exactly right. Let's start. Now? Let's start right now. Let's start right now. Fireworks. <laughs> Baby, you're a firework. <laughs> someone, whole, bu- whole building collapses. Someone on some social media site said that they almost got in a car accident when they heard the firework because <laughs> they thought it was a gunshot. Oh, no. I know. Sorry, we were just as scared as you were. We were more scared because yeah. as loud as it was on the podcast, it was fucking 15 times louder in real life. Yeah. You're fine. Um, Sorry. It was very, very scary, surprising, and to me, funny. It's hilarious. It keeps happening, though, so it might happen again tonight. And what is it, September? <laughs> I mean, how much longer? I don't know. <laughs> so prepare yourself and your dogs, because I'm sure people, some people has, they were like, thunder jackets off, but. I tried to put a thunder shirt on george one time yeah and when i came home it was eaten yes it was like ripped to shreds and parts were gone i know i know that well she's that happened like no i put a cat a collar on my cat once and came back and it was like here's what i think of it yeah get fuck yourself get fuck i mean i wouldn't want a fucking collar i mean i guess i did when i was 14 and thought i was punk i work i mean that was the 90s right it was wasn't it there it was all about cat collars and mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. back then yeah Punk, fake punk rock. Totally. I ha- I still have mine. It still smells like, like um, Victoria's Secret uh, I- apple spray, apple body <laughs> oh, spray. No. <laughs> oh no. Yep. You mean sorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It still smells like ecstasy. Yeah. Uh. Hey, how are you? How was your week? What's going on? Hi. Um. I've just been working. Oh, this is my favorite murder. <laughs> oh, guys, listen. I mean, I figure if you press play on this, you probably know that. Uh, if you're one of those rando people that just goes through iTunes and picks different podcasts and hits play. No one's ever done that, right? No, I, I seriously doubt it. But welcome if you're that one person. And if, if you're, you're the lone wolf. Hi. And hi. if you're new to this, <laughs> I'm Georgia. That's Karen. I'm Karen. This, this is my voice. Karen was the one singing. I do that because it's my passion. It's her passion and she's good at it and i'm not i disagree that i'm bad at that i'm bad you disagree that you're good at it i disagree that you're bad at it thank you because i've heard you do it jokingly and it's not bad oh yeah it's not i guess the secret is not to try or care or care yeah that's true of life right of anything yeah of anything at all speaking of (laughs) last episode i read a hometown murder at the end that caused me to need to talk about it during therapy (laughs) no the punk rock finger one yeah oh yeah that's heavy and i didn't i i skimmed over the middle for everyone i kind of told you a little bit about it but i accidentally read the whole thing to myself yes and it was so awful and i for like a week i kept picturing the girl who had gotten killed in a way that like i haven't i've been pretty good at like being okay with this topic that we talk about and study all the time yes but that one really fucked me up. I bet. Well, the idea that it's this girl alone at a sh- at a concert. No, her finger was at a concert. She oh, was she hitchhiking. Had, she was okay. <laughs> God. 
that's a bad this mistake. is how much i couldn't read it it's like i just didn't tell any of the details but was she um hitchhiking alone she was hitchhiking alone got picked up by three guys okay. like her age i can't remember if she knew them i know it was the 90s she didn't know them if she was hitchhiking she didn't know them yeah it was just, unless you're you're saying unless they were she like knew in from town, town yeah, yeah. But it's Still. like I, I I started picturing all the times that I have done things that stupid when I was younger. And why was it her that that happened to and how horrifying those last few minutes were and what like I just have I just go there. Yeah, I understand. But my therapist really helped me. So now I'm better. What'd she say? Just give us some over overalls. Well, I have this problem with like daydreaming so deep that I'm there. Yes. And. I don't even notice it. And so she says, before you get into those daydreams, you just give yourself a second of awareness that you're going into them before that happens. It'll rewire your neurons and it won't just like be true. It's like a moment of clarity. And then, then you can do it. You shouldn't. But, and then also, uh, since I'm gone mentally to be like, what does that lamp look like? What are my hands touching right now? What does this feel like? Just to be really present in the moment. So you can tell the difference between imagining something that you think may have happened in right. reality. Yeah. 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 I'm not in reality anymore. Yeah, yeah. So like just point out things in your brain that are actually in front of you and happening. That's good. Yeah. I would add breathing on top of that. I constantly breathing. hold my breath. Me too. And I just have to remind myself and do weird, like deep, yeah, just simple breathing because like you're I'm gone and breathing isn't even part of it anymore. No. And holding my breath makes me feel like I'm going to get through it eat better yeah. or something. And that's or almost like you're pausing reality. Yeah. And so breathing isn't even part of it. I do that so much, but oftentimes it's to fight with people in my head. Oh, I do that too. Like to present arguments. And you're really good at it in your head. So good at it in my head. And they and they listen because you're right. And I move them with my words. Yeah, and they stop acting like dicks. Yeah, that's all completely fantasy. The idea that any of that is how it works right. is total fantasy. The reality is you're just crying and angry and then can't say anything. And, then and you kind of, the words come out like <laughs> this a little bit. Um, uh, I just want to say, and look, here's the thing. I understand why can't we be sociopaths <laughs> staring down unblinkingly staring at no a person feelings. while you're like i don't forgive you yeah you know I, I feel like this is not an official thing as as is every other thing i say on this podcast not an official thing ever this is the unofficial corner oh my god someone pointed out and made a fake graph this made me laugh so oh god, hard what? on the facebook page when i made the correction <laughs> I said one oh, in, no. when I made the correction one in four I said that one in four people were sociopaths and my correction was 25% of people <laughs> someone made a graph and it made me laugh so hard that is amazing oh Good. shit people everyone is so funny there so here's a good um, segue into um the presents we just got I'm uh, I'm holding a cold beer to the stab wound that oh. I gave myself okay can I just explain this very quickly so we had Georgia had a little pile of presents waiting for me when I got home to her apartment from work. Not this isn't my home. And it was like, I waited for you so we can open these up. Yeah. We wanted to open them off air so it wouldn't take forever. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I opened two because uh, Georgia was slightly afraid they could be a bomb or something dangerous. <laughs> so like Karen's face. So I'll go. Right. I was like, I'll go ahead and take the hit. I mean, you're off camera talent. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I need this. Fucking, I can have the eye patch. Yeah, all you need are your is your brain. That's and I would love for my teeth to be blown out. 
right. so I can have get some awesome veneers. Anyhow, yeah. So I did the first two, and Georgia was like, "I said she picked up the third one, and I said, do you want me to open that?'" And she was like, "I can do it. I'm not that insane or whatever it I was, was like, you Fuck said." Anxiety. And then she went to open it and stabbed herself in the bare leg with a pair of scissors. And it, I have to tell you, as painful as I'm sure it is, it it's also hilarious. It's one of those things, and this happens to me a lot, where I'm glad it happened because it's worth it. <laughs> like, I run into stuff all the time and, and, like, do dumb shit. And I'm like, I'm so glad that that happened. Yes. That's humor and life. Instead of just when you look down and have a rando... Uh, that's the second time I've said that word and I've never really said it before at all. Interesting. Um, what's going on? What teen boy am I trying to impress? <laughs> um, when you look down and you, there's just a huge bruise for no yep. reason where you're just like, do does this mean I have blood cancer? Yeah. Why? The majority of my bruises I don't remember getting and it's not because I'm constantly drunk. I'm not. You're not. And I, and I mean, when I'm drunk, I'm smooth as shit, too. Like, I'm good. I'm much better in person when I'm drunk. Than when, when you're I'm... drunk, what I notice is that you seem to just enjoy every single thing that goes really? on. Really? Yeah. You just have a big <laughs> smile on your face, and you think everything's kind of funny and, like, enjoyable, it seems like. Yeah. I like, um, I, I think I, like, understand moments so much better and understand people and get get life better. Yeah. Which is, like, so unhealthy, but... Huh. You have a good I time. think maybe I'm not anxious. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm amused and not anxious. Deep down under underneath. Yeah. When you use beer to uncover your true personality. Yeah. Well, we got some. Oh, my God. Amazing gifts. We just had it like a baby July Christmas. Dude. What was that? That was someone slamming the door, but okay. it sounded like a gun. That <laughs> that sounded like a half firework to me. Yeah, it did. Um, oh, all right. We start. We got a beautiful card that's the sparkliest thing. It's with gorgeous. The, with a really funny, cute joke on the front mm -hmm. and really great printing inside. Beautiful printing. The kind of printing I wish I could do, Me but too. I don't understand why that looks the way it does. I might I do this. I might trace over the handwriting later. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Have you ever tried that? Uh, I've never done it. It's from this card is from Emily and she just said a bunch of lovely things and it was it's basically a thank you card for our podcast, which is the cutest thing of all time. She was raised well, girl, and she likes a card. We'd like to thank her parents for this card. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Emily's parents. Right. Um, move on to the next one. Then we got from Candace. She sent us this really fucking rad hurt. She's going to start doing murder zines. And the first one is uh, the murder zine is called the Matilda effect. And the first one is about Francis Glessner Lee. There's there are women in science scenes. Uh, oh, I thought they were murder. No, they're women in science. Women in science zines. Yeah. Sorry. But the first one um, is about a woman who... Did she want to be a cop? Did that card she, say? Yeah, she wanted to be a, a scientist. She wanted to be, she's basically, if you guys have seen the documentary, um, The Nutshell Studies, where she really, this woman way back when really wanted to be a doctor or a nurse, and she wasn't allowed to because of her family. I think she was a rich, I think she was from a wealthy family. Um, so instead, she started to make detailed miniature models of composite crime scenes. So she just made miniature crime scenes so that cops could study them without screwing up the crime scene. And she's just had this huge effect on, um, on crime scene procedure. And she's incredible. I love Candace. Um, you can get these at Smut Punks. It's S M U T 
P-U-N-X.com. And she's going to make, she makes other bu- buttons and stuff. And she just makes shit. And I haven't seen a fucking zine in real life in so long. I, I know. Did you ever make a zine? No, I never did. I made a zine for, um, it was like a tribute to Ray Bradbury and D-Light. Combined? <laughs> yeah. Wow, because those are the two things you like. That's what I liked in F sixteen. <laughs> so seeing a zine is like exciting. It's very cool, and I think you should. I think we should all support zines. You know what I did was I just assumed that Candace made a zine for all the things I like instead of what she's interested <laughs> in women in science. This was yeah, it was it was specifically for me. Well, it is a true crime um, subject. Yeah. Yes. So and so fascinating. If you get, it's called the Nutshell. What's the documentary it's called? called? The Nutshell Studies. You gotta watch it. Death. Yeah, she's. It's great. Candace, it's fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please keep remaining to be a badass. Then we got. Oh my god. This amazing puzzle <laughs> from Holly. Um, she said, th- "Karen and Georgia, thanks so much for sharing your favorite murders. I made a puzzle about mine. Thought you might like it. D- like it." Yeah. We fucking lost this, our minds. I'm so excited. I kind of like, I kind of begged Karen for it. It's a, it's a 3D puzzle of H.H. Holmes murder castle in Chicago, which is the best thing of all time. So I think everybody probably knows, but if you're, if you just started liking true crime, right? H.H. Holmes, they're, I think they're going to make the Devil in the White City movie with Leo DiCaprio. That's right. I think you can Oh, and you can get this at, where can you get her? The puzzle? Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Okay. You can get hollycarden.com. So it's H-O-L-L-Y-C-A-R-D-E-N. And I think she's going to start just making um, true crime puzzles. That's amazing. I cannot wait to make this. I'll take photos. It's very that. cool. So anyway, she started off with H.H. Holmes' uh, Murder Castle, which tits. you can watch the movie. Uh, it's the best story ever if you get creeped out by by premeditated planned psycho murder yeah. this is the story for you and i would do it but they did it on last podcast on the left i know i'm not uh, they, they it's been done a lot it's been done a lot and it's very well known and a movie's gonna come out yeah so we you know. we let we let we it got taken care of yeah in our minds um and finally oh my god and then finally bethany uh who may I, Bethany Jones I'm assuming these people Are okay with their names Being said Yeah I think they want A shout out Which they yeah. absolutely Yeah So Bethany Jones um, Is from the Base Element Makeup Bath and Body I would call it Company mm-hmm. And um, She sent us uh, Her card says I hope you like Your names sake lipsticks i loved creating them while listening to your podcasts all of your podcasts one after the other i twitch uh and fittingly when i was done my kitchen looked like a murder scene and i was smeared red to the elbows um i've got a bit rock and roll and made the skull bath bombs in your honor too see what an inspiration you are stay sexy don't get murdered it's so awesome this box smelled we could smell the bath bombs Mm -hmm. from outside that's why it wasn't a bomb because i feel like they wouldn't go to the trouble of making it pleasant a a soapy bomb well it was a bomb oh my god i didn't think about that yeah that's right you were right see you were right all along i'm psychic but bombs can be good bombs can be good (laughs) so we we just got a shit ton of lip gloss and lip balm and lip scrub and, and eyeshadow. Like, a lot of them are named, like, have quotes from the podcast. There's a fucking lip balm called Elvis Want a Cookie. And once <sighs> we, we got excited and exclaimed that when we saw it, Elvis lost his fucking mind because he thought he was getting one. So I had to give him one. Yeah, we kept saying Elvis. 
we won't, I won't say it again. No, no. Uh, but yeah, there's, I mean, our names are on he, on lip balms. This is, this is right up my so alley. So she's going to make them. She just wanted us to get the first ones, which is so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, so you can go to the, the base element at Etsy. Yeah. And buy Murderino and non-Murderino. You guys, shit. we can have our own makeup line. Fucking love this podcast. From Bethany. It's so, so cool. cool. It's very cool. Thank you for our gifts. Totally worth it to open up to open you up to danger. I know. And get that pot that P.O. box. Hey, look, that's plenty of presents. That's plenty. I'm okay with the P.O. I, I talked to my therapist about it. <laughs> I really fucking lost my shit this past week. I talked to her about it. I got some pepper spray. The reality is it's not going to fucking... I mean, what are the chances that's going to happen? It's not. Then I get scared when you say that. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. All right. If you really, really want to find it, and if you actually have something that you're making that's like legit, you can have the P.O. box. Also, there's 80 million ways to contact us so that you could probably say, hey, here's what I'm going to send you. Totally. And here's a copy of my driver's license so that if I do harm you in any way... Right. And now we have I evidence. contacted. Evidence. It's all on the okay. internet. So that was present, uh, present, that was present corner, what we call present corner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we, we do have a a little, some other housekeeping. Oh yeah. I have a couple things. Okay. Really quickly. And then we'll get to my favorite murder. Um, we want to promote two shows that we're going to be guests on. One of them is coming up on the 27th of July. It's next week. It is uh, Jamie, our friend Jamie Lee, who's a very funny comedian. She and her husband, Dan, have a live show called Date Night, and we're going to be guests on it on the panel. The 27th, you said? The 27th. That's Wednesday. 8 p.m. at UCB Franklin. So if you live in L.A., it's the good UCB, not the stupid one on Sunset. <laughs> oh, careful. Can I, is that okay? Everyone knows that, right? <laughs> um, I love UCB. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Susan? Who works at UCB? Who Susan, I love? I'm sorry. Listen to me, Susan. I love you. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna be guests on the two hundredth two hundredth episode of the Dollop, and it's a live show, and we're gonna be guests. We're the two guests with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. The Dollop is a very popular uh, biweekly history podcast where they tell the craziest stories. So fucking excited for this. It's at the Meltdown, of course, in Los Angeles. It's eight. It's on August 16th. It's at 7 p.m. It's going to fucking sell out. $12 tickets. Oh, yeah. And it's 7 p.m. show, which anytime I'm booked on a 7 p.m. show, I'm I either miss it entirely mm-hmm. or f- seven minutes before it starts, I remember that it's seven and not eight. So and you, that's and the whole time you're like, I hate you. What the fuck is wrong with? Yes. So do you want me to remind you a couple times? Yes, please. Okay. Yes. If it. you would do that, I'll that do would it. help me a lot. You got it. Um, and then, you. so that's um, promotion corner. Um, and then Podfest is coming up September 23rd. Yeah. That's a, that's a future. That's a future one. That's it's that weekend of September 23rd. We're not sure which day we are booked yet, but um, I think the way it works is that you buy a pass for like either a day or the weekend. Um, But it's, they've done it now a couple years. I think this is either the third or fourth year and it's super fun and very cool. And they have, they get amazing podcasts. I've always wanted to be on it. I've been secretly like, I hate the popular kids. And then I'm like, Oh, the popular kids want to hang out with me. Oh my God. That's so cool. I'm in with the popular kids. Um, then when you get in with the popular kids, you're like, what a bunch of fucking nerds. I miss my, my nerdy friends. <laughs> it happens every time. Um, we, at some point, need to talk about how we went to the live lad po- last <gasps> podcast on the left show. Can we talk about it right now? Really? Yeah. Let's talk about 
Karen and I this past weekend, thanks to fucking Mark. So Vince, <laughs> my husband is friends with all of them from um, comedy mm-hmm. <laughs> from New York, from New York. And I kind of was like, hey, will you ask Marcus, who he's a good friend, Marcus Parks, what T-shirt company they use to get their shirts printed? But it was totally just a ruse to get him to fucking <laughs> know about the podcast. And he told he said to Vince. Oh, I didn't know it's your wife. I love the podcast. Tell them thank you so much for all the shout outs. And then we both just collectively lost our minds. Yes. And G- Georgia texted me that he said that. And I, it was like a six text exchange of freak out. Yeah. And then he gave us um, tickets to their live show that was last weekend. And we went. And oh, my God. It was if you like that podcast, it was five times funnier in person. Mm-hmm. They watched they showed this crazy old was Swedish or Swiss? It's called Hexed. Hexum? It was a silent movie about witches. Like, this, the terror of witches. And who was the, was it William Burroughs? Who was the speaker? Anyways. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And the, the old drug addict guy. Yeah, who just is a, I don't know why he narrates anything. It's terrible. Um, someone's going to get real pissed about me saying that. What'd you just say? I thought it was a terrible narration. Yeah, he's on heroin. <laughs> Yeah, he he's not good at voiceover. Okay. Well, then they just told jokes over, or like talked about it over it, and it was yes. so funny. And they're all like the fucking nicest dudes. And they were their jokes were hilarious, and they were it was very cool. And there was a huge the whole place was sold out. It was a huge crowd mm-hmm. who were going bananas. Yeah. So anyone who's a fan of the last podcast on the left, you would have been very proud. Yeah, and and yeah, turns out they're awesome, and you are correct. Yep. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Thank you. No, and also we have an Instagram account. Go to it. Follow it. Instagram.com slash my favorite murder. There'll be photos of all of the shit we got. Lots of other shit. I post a lot of stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Where did you go just now? Uh, deep inside. I saw I, it. I'm a little warm because we had to sh- we had to shut the apartment down for recording purposes, uh, which is good. But I got a little warm and then I'm just to be totally honest. Uh Oh, no. No, it was a good thing. I'm just excited that about the pants I'm wearing. (laughs) I swear to God. I literally was going to say, well, you can take your pants off if you want. (laughs) If you're hot. No, I'm excited because they are kind of thick, but they're uh, I just haven't worn them in a long time. Tell us about your pants. It's a real victory. Let's tell each other. Let's tell everyone about the other person's outfit. You have these cute jeans on. They're just old lucky jeans, but I've. I stopped eating sugar and now I can wear all my old clothes again. How do you feel? You look fucking incredible. Thank you. I feel a thousand times better. You seem like a waker. I'm much more awake and I'm less infuriated at all times. Also, it turns out that you have the sharpest cheekbones I've ever seen (laughs) anyone have in my life. I didn't know. (laughs) Well, they were way under all the, my fat face. Uh, You know, I just needed, I was taking a five year break from, um, society and so I decided I'm coming back now Yay, and welcome. so I'm I get to wear small pants and you know shirts that I actually yeah, like I can see your arms you can see my tan 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 arms They're every tan. time I look at my arms I think of you freaking out how tan my arm looked that you're day. very tan you have a low cut I mean for us yeah for girls like us low cut it's, it's very low cut <laughs> it's like not. and my whole red bra is showing yeah no just kidding <laughs> If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. 
June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code space 80. Goodbye. Um, cool. Uh, oh, Georgia's wearing oh, yeah, a romper, a, a top, a sleeveless romper, um, strapless romper. I'm wearing, I'm just showing everything. She kind of is, it looks like she has an old fashioned bathing suit on. Yeah. Uh, that's our girl though. She's a naturalist and she, le- she's body proud. Uh, yeah, I just also sweat a lot, so yeah. I just wear as little as possible. Around I mean, this. Los Angeles is in front of our eyes, turning into a desert. It is. It's fucked. Turning back into a d- desert. Back in. Yeah, the the Earth is taking Los Angeles back into its natural form. This whole time, I thought that global warming wasn't a thing, and then now you're convinced. Now I know because of your romper, the number of rompers that you yes. have to buy and wear. I think it's a conspiracy that Target is. <laughs> playing to get to sell rompers that's uh, working hey do you want to talk about our favorite murders we might as well skippers come back to us it's time uh, i think <clears throat> you're first is it me i think so the murder that i chose this week yes karen in my favorite murder um is one that's always it's been one that like the first time i read it i couldn't I would have to turn my eyes away from the page because it is um, horrible 
and horrifying, but also like there's an underpinning of salaciousness to it that I thoroughly enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's about Mary Bell, the oh. child child killer. Fuck yeah. The childhood child killer. Yes. Now, what I realized in looking through uh, my researchers, my researches today, um, I mean, f- from weeks ago. Right. For when all that research you've been. Uh, just piles and piles. Every night I go to the, the city library, mm. like Morgan Freeman, and I let the guy play. It's the same one from uh, Ghostbusters, first Ghostbusters movie, right? The big, huge, cavernous, ghosty. Yes. That's I go hearing. down in the basement where the very old, dead right. ghost librarian is. Microfiche is involved. <laughs> you scroll microfiche. Just for, for hours. Hours. Um, so, in the pictures of Mary Bell, which we should put up on the Instagram page. I will. That's what I look like when I was little. <gasps> Exactly. So I've always had a bit of a connection yeah. to Mary Bell uh, in, in certain ways. But I also know, like and we murder. got called out, um, I think it was on, I can't remember the woman, the girl's name, but the girl that shot up the, the school. Oh, I don't yeah. like Mondays. Um, uh, oh my God. Mary. Anyways, go yeah, on. Sorry. It, um, Lisa. <laughs> that that girl we kind of got there's um a couple people who are like we were being too sympathetic to her oh. or being like too nice when normally we're mean if it's like a man yeah. and it's older we're mean and like hang him high i don't and then, disagree with that i know i mean everyone has a lot to say about every fucking but I, single but I thing see but, that point i'm not gonna argue i agree well i brought it up because i was thinking is that how i'm gonna be about mary bell but the truth is, I honestly believe that Mary Bell is a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I think she, anytime she seems sympathetic, it's because she's trying to seem sympathetic. Right. I think she is like, I think she's nightmare. Like, we need to talk about Kevin, yeah. the bad seed. She's the reality of all of that fiction, evil child. Right. Like, nothing can be done. Now, I think there's a reason she's that way. I don't, uh, she may have been born that way because they do talk about how she, from an early age, like didn't bond but she had this fucking crazy mother either way to me i'm i'm just want to say it at the start i'm not defending her i'm not defending mary bell okay but i also want to say another thing about it whenever there's like a child molester or a murderer or someone we talk about their past and we're like yeah that sucks are we supposed i don't i don't think we were softer on her uh, i don't either i think we're always like investigating the past of the person who's killing people that doesn't exonerate them from but i think sometimes you know when it's personal opinion which is all all of this podcast is sometimes more empathy will come out even if you have it it, you won't express it like i don't have a ton of empathy for richard ramirez even though he did get hit in the swing and he had the worst uncle in the world yeah whatever we're just saying it's understandable that this person didn't become a normal member of society. Yes. And for me, that's what's interesting to me. Yeah. When you can, when it's not just, oh, you were born with this defect where you do not have mirror neurons and you do not empathize with other human beings. That's one thing. But like, if there's like a little path, you could have been normal. Totally. If you didn't experience this parent or this aunt or whatever, it's some awful pit that you fell in in your childhood. To me, that's like, that's really what's fascinating. That's the slash stu- horrifying. That's the study. That's the study. Yeah. The, the the um the effect that they killed someone and murdered them and raped and did all these horrible things. That's the effect. You know, there's a cause and effect. Yeah. 
etc. Yes. And the cause is fascinating. Right. And if I had A, an education, B, didn't have ADD, I would probably <laughs> read up on it a ton and become some type of a, of a learned expert about uh, it. Me too. And instead... Instead, I have I work in TV, so I am rewarded for not paying attention to and anything. And also, but we do have a we do have a true crime podcast, so I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're basically doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing our best. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> sorry, go on. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so I've I've always found Mary Bell fucking fascinating. Totally. So this happened in 1968. Ooh, actually, I thought it happened a lot longer ago. That's cool. 68 yeah and it happened in new in the inner city suburb of newcastle in england Mm -hmm. that's stephen king's town right no 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 in england never mind (laughs) (laughs) newcastle no newcastle rock it's castle rock oh yeah castle rock's the yeah he's all about maine can we just strike all of that from the record yes absolutely we're gonna go in and edit this down so good um we're not no we're not at all and we never do um okay so she was born to a unwed, unstable 17-year-old sex worker uh, named Betty McCricket. <laughs> Ooh, that's um, and Betty used to leave her daughter with relatives and acquaintances, just dumped her off anytime she could. Because she had to go, She, I guess she would go into um, Glasgow a lot mm-hmm. and work as a uh, as a sex worker um even as a non 17 year old sex worker that i was the thought of having a child at 17 nightmare nightmare it's just it, it's what a great opportunity for a ton of bad decisions <laughs> like this one where she once gave mary um to a woman she met on the street outside an abortion clinic shut up yeah betty was doing it so um her apparently their household was filthy and sparsely furnished and the uh, Betty's family members uh, said that Betty tried to kill Mary more than once in her first few years of life and tried to make it look accidental. (gasps) So they all became very suspicious when Mary quote unquote fell out a window head trauma, Uh, possibly. And also when she accidentally consumed sleeping pills, what the fuck? Um, So they think she could have definitely gotten brain damage because she had uh, sleeping pills, iron pills, and apparently Mary, um, sorry, Betty would feed the pills to Mary and tell them they were candy. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, there are some people who now say that they think Betty probably had Munchausen's by proxy, oh. which is the, the fascinating disease where a parent gets um, addicted to the attention and um sympathy sympathy that they get from a sick child and so they make the child sick on purpose it's basically what happened in the movie seven when he when the barfing girl finally brings him back to her house that's a great scene um no not seven fucking (laughs) 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 the other number movie the sixth sense our brains are syncing up because that was just (laughs) oh you know what's so hilarious yeah, we're we're it's like our mistake brains are like. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, I did the same thing where when I was talking about the Polly Class murder, I called it, I called it Cloverfield, which is a movie, and the city name where her body was found is Cloverdale, and Adrian, my friend, the whole time you called it that, 
Yeah, I think, but I think I only said it once. Adrian texted me, and she's like, "Dude, it's Cloverdale. You you went there for softball games. What are you doing?" And I was just like, "She's like, I'm the only one that noticed, but seriously, this it's Cloverdale." This is a monster movie. Yeah. yeah, grow up. Maybe you were just trying to protect the town, so people like so Lucky Lose wouldn't show up there. That's right. And that's what you were doing. Just stay away from Cloverfield. Yeah. Um. So bad news obviously and in her upbringing um and so of course at school mary was known as a chronic liar disruptive pupil um she on occasion would voice her desire to hurt people um she did a lot of kicking and punching and um lying and so all the kids they would make fun of her a lot because she was just basically a monster and a mess Mm um and Later on, it, 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 sorry, I was just trying to figure out where, when a good, but basically later on, it, it came to be discovered that Mary's mother would use her and sell her in prostitution no. as well from the age of four. Holy so shit. So she, I guess this is another thing that does fascinate me. This is another thing that like that kind of trauma can affect you and does affect your personality. Completely. Um, so she was subjected to really awful things at such a young age that they think that 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 probably plays into the psychopathy and and the behavior. Yeah, you're like this isn't a safe world. World, nothing is safe. I need to fucking defend myself, and I want to start hurting others the way I'm being hurt. Yeah, and it's a way and that's normal. It's the way children. Yeah, it's the way children communicate that they're being hurt. Right. When they're no, they know they're not allowed to talk about it. Right. Um. Fascinating. Totally. Uh, okay, so on May 25th, uh, 1968, two boys playing in an abandoned house found the corpse of four-year-old Martin Brown lying in an upstairs room. Um, Mary Bell and her friend Norma Bell, who was not related to her, they just had the same last name, followed the boys inside the house, and uh, when the police arrived, the two girls had to be ordered out. So they really liked looking at this dead How body. How old were they? Uh, Mary was just about to turn 11. Okay. And um, Norma Bell was 13, but Mary was the dominant of the two. Sure. Uh, Like a little more mature and smart. Um, There was no obvious cause of death, uh, so it was assumed that uh, Martin Brown had swallowed pills from a discarded bottle, which was found nearby. Mm -hmm. So uh, the next day, Norma Bell's father caught Mary choking um, Norma. And he slapped her face and sent her home. He's choking. She was choking her so bad. Holy shit. Um, the day after this little boy died. Um, and later that same day, uh, a local nursery school was vandalized and police discovered notes that read fuck off spelt F U C H O F. We murder watch out Fanny and faggot. Um, faggot does not mean faggot in England. Just quick reminder to everybody. It, I think it means cigarette. Yeah. Um, Wait. So or, Fanny is or a butt. Bundle of sticks. Fanny means your pussy. Oh, it does. Yeah. Huh. In over there. At least oh. it's a, I know it doesn't. Ireland. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think they're just trying trying to write. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they meant it bad. If they're writing Fanny, they might have meant faggot in the bad way. Who knows? They also wrote, "We did murder Martin Brown. Fuck off, you bastard." Wow. Again, off with one F. So it really says fuck of. Fuck of. Um, the cops dismissed the inc- when they found the writing. They dismissed it as a prank. Uh, 
So four days later, Mary Bell appeared at the Brown residence asking to see Martin. And uh, when she was reminded that Martin was dead. Wait, she showed up? She showed up at the dead boy's house asking to see him. And when the adult that answered the door reminded her that Martin was dead, or it was the mother that answered the door. And when the mother said, he's dead, Mary said, oh, I know he's dead. I want to see him in his coffin. Oh, my God. Can you, uh, what would you do? I'd scream. I'd run screaming. I mean, a little girl, too. Yeah. Who's, yeah. Okay. So two months later, three-year-old Brian Howe goes missing. An immediate search is mounted, and Mary Bell tells Brian's sister that he might be playing on a heap of concrete blocks um, that had been dumped out in a nearby vacant lot, um, and which is where he was discovered, dead from manual strangulation, legs and stomach and penis mutilated with a razor and a pair of scissors the police discover at the scene, the letters M and N were scratched into his stomach. Oh, fuck. So as the investigation narrows, Mary, uh, so, so um, somebody that had been walking by said they saw kids um, around that pile of stones that day. And then when they took um, the three-year-old's body into the corner, he said, um, it looks like he's strangled, but it's such light force that I think we're looking at a child murderer. Oh my So then the God. cops went around and started interviewing all the kids in the neighborhood. And Mary and Norma were both dinged right away because their stories kept changing. Mary acted super weird. Mm-hmm. They got freaked out by how creepy and weird she was. And Norma couldn't stop giggling. Holy shit. Um, so... Mary, when her, when the investigation got narrowed onto Mary Bell, she suddenly remembered seeing an eight-year-old boy with Brian on the day he died. And she said that the boy hit Brian for no reason. And that she said that same boy had been playing with broken scissors. Um, uh, the, but the boy, she was naming a specific boy. She was basically trying to pin it on him. Mm-hmm. But he had been at the airport that afternoon. Oh, fuck. And so the thing that Mary didn't know is that the scissors were confidential evidence. No one knew about the scissors. Oh, Mary. This that is what wasn't happens public. when you're a fucking 10 year old murderer is that you didn't, you don't understand. You can't keep your shit in line. Dude. Yeah. So baffling. She essentially implicates herself uh, with the scissor comment and she had described them exactly. So she's Whoa. trying to pin it on the other boy. Yeah. And in doing so, she's like, they were silver colored and some, there was something wrong with them. Like one leg was either broken or bent. So she basically describes the exact scissors to a T. I mean, smart, smart, uh, smart investigating by the cops that they like figured this shit out pretty quickly. And can you imagine sitting in an, in a no. room across from an 11 year old girl when you see this picture, big blue eyes, little button nose, kind of vacant. Just think baby Karen. But just think, baby, Karen, I was a precious lamb. But <laughs> she's lying to you. So you're buying her at first. And then she give, she does the old in- Inglorious Bastards even, holding up a three. And you don't even want it to be true. Like, you're not even like, we're going to get this guy. No. It's like, wait a second. You just said this wrong thing. 
creepy enough that the coroner says you're probably going to want to look for a kid because a kid strangled a three-year-old so you probably don't want it to be true you probably have children of your own and this little girl is like yeah the scissors (gasps) i mean the chill that would go down your back so (laughs) so uh okay i did the slidey thing again which i always do so um Brian Howe was buried on August 7th and the, the investigative detective was named detective Dobson and he was there and he says, Mary bell was standing in front of the house house when the coffin was brought out. I of course was watching her and it was when I saw her there that I knew I did not dare risk another day. She stood there laughing, laughing and rubbing her hands. I thought, my God, I've got to bring her in or she'll do another one. Holy shit. So (laughs) they bring in Mary Bell. Why are you laughing, psychopath? (laughs) Because it's me. She's Um, also rubbing her hands together right now. No, because I'm picturing it and it's like how they, why don't they make this movie? It's the creepiest thing of all time. Seriously. This is like the, the ring. Except for the girl has her hair back out of her face. And she's like, she thinks she's getting away with it. She wanted to kill that little kid. She killed him. And then she wanted to see his dead body get carried out of the house. It's just, what's so crazy is the like, you know, when you, when adults kill, they like try really hard to hide it and try to outsmart people. That's like what you do. But this little person who I guess you can argue didn't understand that, either death was permanent or what it meant maybe 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 or she enjoyed the feeling so much that she had done it she you know because there was some killer that we talked about where they said i want people to feel on the outside the way i feel on the yeah. inside yeah was that the one of those cheshire murders yeah uh, no or was it the person you talked about last yeah. week no <laughs> either way facts this is a uh, factual it's fact based um it's that thing of like when you finally feel right in the world is when like that's how she felt yeah. right she killed she had the power to take his life away and put him in that box she finally had the power but she also had to be a little bit um like uh arrested in her in yes she couldn't be smart enough she couldn't have been smarter than a 10 year old she was just didn't understand right oh, no? from wrong. You don't think so? Go on. Because <laughs> this is where it gets crazy. Oh my God. This is where? This is where, well, this is where it shows that she was raised by two criminals because her mother ended up marrying, um, I think his name was Billy Bell and he was like a career criminal. And so they clearly talked about being arrested, going in and out of jail and all this stuff. Cause when she's arrested, first of all, when they say you're going to be charged with murder, she said, that's all right by me. Wow. Um, and, uh, she, she, sorry. When she was in jail, there was a stray cat in jail. Oh, fuck. And Elvis, cover your ears. Yeah, Elvis, you're not going to like this. She grabbed the cat no. tightly by the neck, no, and no, the no. guard told her not to hurt the cat. And Mary, Mary allegedly replied, Oh, she doesn't feel that in any way. I like hurting little things that can't fight back. 
In another incident, a policewoman said that Mary said she'd like to be a nurse, quote, because then I can stick needles into people. I like hurting people. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. So there was kind of a naive quality about it. Then also the jailers, once she was in there, she calmed down a little bit after a while. And a lot of the jailers liked her, the guards, you know, because they said she was very smart. She she was very sharp. But um, she was a chronic bedwetter. Oh. Yeah. And she's got one of the pieces, probably two if we count those being overdosed on drugs by your mother. And dropped out of a window. And dropped out of a window. Sure. Probably got two. At least. Um, What's the other one? Fires? Fire, yeah. Okay. No, no report of fire on her. But um, she was terrified of glo- going to sleep because she was afraid she was going to wet the bed. And... Uh, she said to one of the guards, I usually do. Um, and at home, her mother would humiliate her anytime she wet the bed. So she would rub her daughter's face in the pee oh, when she found it. And she would um, hang the mattress outside so the neighborhood <gasps> would see it. And we also all know that chronic bedwetting is a sign that you're being sexually molested, sexually yes. abused. It can, it can be. Okay. I was a chronic bedwetter until I was like nine and I was not molested. Me neither. Um, but, but it is a sign. It's like, it's one of those things that harming yeah. animals, like all those things, yeah. that's a child that's in trauma and in danger. Definitely. It, it's signs of definitely. Um, so when they went to trial, Norma was acquitted of all charges and Mary was convicted of two counts of manslaughter. So I think it, uh, it, it, they say that Norma was there. Norma had like eight brothers and sisters or some huge family and their whole family was there supporting her. Mm. And she did a lot of crying on the stand and mm. saying, Mary did it, Mary did it. And Mary did the same thing of saying Norman did it. But all she had was her lunatic mother who was wearing a blonde wig and would freak out so much and cry and do all these th- things that her wig would fall off. And then she would get up and run out of the courtroom and then come back. And so because of that Munchausen's by proxy, like this was her drama. She was basically, you know, say in the the very slight chance that Mary wasn't guilty. She was condemning her anyway, because no one had sympathy for that family. Whereas everyone was like, oh, this little girl's just been set up by Mary Bell. Yeah. And then in the tabloids. Mary Belby just became the, just the face of evil for years and years. Um, they didn't have anywhere to put her because they didn't have, they, they had never had to deal with sending an 11 year old girl to jail. So there was like lots of places for juvie for little boys, but none for little girls. So they had to keep her, they kept her in like a separate quarters in a, in a boys detention center for a long time until she was in her teens. When she was in her teens, she escaped jail for a little while with two other boys, but then they, then they were only gone for two weeks and then they went back. She spent, um, uh, up until her, like, I can't, I don't, I can't find it now. Um, I think it was like in her mid twenties in jail. Mm -hmm. And then when she got out, all of England was like freaking out. They were super pissed. She made money off a book that someone wrote about her. Again, they were like, we need to pass laws, you know, whatever. There's a really good movie about adult Mary Bell 
still in the prison system and about to get out that stars Emily Watson Mm -hmm. and Jim, that amazing British actor, so good in it. Um, But I'll find the name of it. But it's it's so good. I would recommend it to anybody. But it is it's the it's a dramatic version. What's it called? I don't I'm not sure. Um, I think it was made for TV in England. Yeah. So it's but Emily Watson is the star. So if you look up at Mary Bell, yeah. Emily Watson, you'll yeah. find we'll it. We'll put a photo of it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'm t- I can look it up right now, but um, it's it's worth watching because they are very empathetic to her. Mm. And even though she's like criminal behavior, they they really attribute all of the they attribute both of the killings to her abusive terrible childhood wow but i don't know the things those things of like it's one thing the stories of like the stuff she'd say to the cops because she would say stuff like are you going to charge me like she she had a lot of very adult vocabulary she understood about being in jail and being arrested yeah um you know probably because of her parents but so did uh, she she got out and then what she ended up becoming a grandmother like a mother and a grandmother she got pregnant i don't think she got married and then she was did she change her name there was they passed a thing where they kept her yeah she's she now lives under a pseudonym right and they like the british people wanted that repeal they wanted to make her live as herself oh but they they whatever you they continued the ruling that she could live under a pseudonym for the rest of her life I wonder if her family even knows. Can you imagine finding when your grandma dies and you go on her stuff and find her fucking birth certificate? They must know, right? Me? I bet. Me? Me? I don't know. Why would you tell them? I don't know. Would you want to know? If someone in my family was a murderer? If your mom had been a murderer. Yes. I mean, if me right now, yes. Yeah. If that I, would be I don't think I'd want to find out if my grandma had been a murderer. No, I don't think I'd want to know. You would not? Mm. Cuz you just want to keep her as you know her? Yeah, they you know. I yeah, that makes sense. Maybe. Especially especially at that age. It would make me so sad for her. Yeah. She, you know, that I don't know. What else? I can't find this movie. I don't care. Tell me more. Sorry. No, okay. that that's all I have. Okay. That's a good one. She's a good one. She's a good one. Also, I have this a very bad habit where once the actual murder is over, mm-hmm. kind of I I know people like the facts and stuff like that, but it's all wrapping up to you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't care about the 1500s. <laughs> And we don't care about. I just want to talk about a child murdering sure. a child is insanity. Sure. No. What if you were like hiking through the forest next to that empty lot and you fucking looked over? That is the most upsetting. And saw the kid killing the kid. A little girl strangling a three-year-old. It's insanity. I just don't think that they have the capacity to understand what they're doing. Like what? Like when she said the thing about the cat it doesn't hurt the cat yes i don't think she understood other people and partly because probably she was psycho but probably also because she was too young to know the permanence of death 
Yeah, pro- uh, yeah, those are big those are big concepts. And but also if she was a true psychopath, which the doctors in the in the trial said she was. Yeah. A child psychopath that's very dangerous to other children. Yeah. Um but that means that she doesn't have any empathy. So of course it, it she wouldn't think it would hurt the cat because she doesn't think of anything else as having emotions and Yeah. Well it's a, those two kids who kidnapped a little a younger a toddler from the mall a mall in England. Mm-hmm. What was their names? Those boys? Those little boys. Yeah. And they killed him. The the weirdest part of that whole story, which I, I'll never do because everyone fucking knows it. And I just don't remember. Bulger? Was his last name Bulger? Anyways, they shoved a battery up his butt. And to me, that is such a signal that they didn't understand. Like, they were trying to get him to work again. Oh. He was dead when they did that. And to me, it's like... I, mean, I could be completely wrong. They were just. Oh, it's a theory, though. That's interesting. Him. They might have just been sodomizing him and being horrible. Uh, well, they and they, also they could be that could have like they could be mimicking what was happening to one of totally. or both of them. Totally, but a battery specifically, it's almost yeah. like a little toy. Yeah, they like that's understand. how it is on a, like an adult. Yeah, that, yeah. And those kids are are also fucking changed their names and are out now. Really? Yeah. Because they're out and living. Yeah, because yeah, it happened so long ago. Yeah. I mean, in this movie, in the Mary Bell movie, it is very convincing of like, is something she did as a damaged, damaged child. Mm-hmm. And now she's adult. Let her have a life. She's yeah. paid the price for being in jail for 25 years or whatever it is. Uh, well, yeah, but I bet the people who don't argue that is the parents and the families of the two little yeah. boys who got killed, you know, who are like now she's off and having a life and now she's a grandmother and yeah. they don't have anything. Yeah. No, I know it's rough. It is. It's crazy. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, made-in cookware. Made-in was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made-in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com that's m-a-d-e-i-n cookware.com goodbye there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back i know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone but it also sounds like we just sold some merch that's right and if you're a shopify user like us you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. <sighs> What's your favorite murder hey, of the week? Hi. Mine is also a child mark. Is it really? Yeah. That's Man, this weird. is a long episode for parents. It is very weird. That's it's crazy. It's very weird. Uh, but this is this is by this is a parent a parental murder, and this one stuck with me for a, has stuck with me. I've read about it for a long time because there's a photograph of the little girl who gets killed. Um, oh, you're not, oh you're saying the ch- child is murdered. The child not, murder. Okay. Got yeah, it. Got child it, got murder. It. Yes. Got it. So there's a photo of the little girl the day before her death that really fucking stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I hope that. Do you hear that? Yes. It sounds like thunder. My fucking downstairs neighbor plays uh some video game, World of Warcraft. Call of Duty. Is that a thing? Yes, Call yeah. of Duty. Yeah. And it's just so if you hear that, I'm sorry. So Lisa Steinberg, this poor little angel baby. <gasps> That's the one. That's the one. Oh my god, it's heartbreaking. This is the worst story. Okay, sorry. It's okay. No, you're right. I'm breathing, not because I'm okay. So it's in 1981, 45 year old Hedda Nussbaum and 46-year-old Joel Steinberg, who was a defense attorney who sometimes handled adoption cases, Joel was, they took custody of an infant girl named, that they named Lisa, and they illegally adopted her. The child's birth mother had paid Steinberg, the attorney, a $500 legal fee to place the child with a Roman Catholic family, but they just kept her instead. Mm-hmm. They were Jewish. I don't, know. I don't think that matters. But they, whatever, anyways. So this Hedda and Joel were a well-educated, they were upper, upper class New York couple. They lived in Greenwich Village in New York City. Um, at school, Lisa's teachers said she was bright and friendly, but they worried about her arriving at school with bruises and chunks of hair missing from her head. <sighs> oh. And she would tell them that her little brother, who was also a younger, it was an adopted child, had hit her. And n- none of them had ever made reports of abuse which changed a lot of stuff in the system. Um, so there's a photo from Halloween the day before this, this big incident happens that one of the teachers took of Lisa and all the other photos of her, she's smiling and cute and lovely. Are you looking at it right now? No. Get off your computer. What are you doing? Sorry. What are you looking at? I was trying to find that movie name. God damn it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That no, was no, so rude. It's okay. It's okay. Um, and it's just a photo of her at her desk. It's Halloween. All the other children are dressed up and she's wearing her normal clothes and she's just kind of staring off and it's this with this sad face like an empty sad face and the next day on november 1st 1987 hedda the mother calls the police to report that her daughter had choked on food that's what she said and when the police arrived they found six-year-old lisa steinberg unconscious and she had multiple bruises on her body, and the mother had a claim that she had fallen a lot lately on her roller skates. 
Um, but Lisa was nude and had, according to the examiners um, from St. Vincent Hospital, a huge, a huge reddish bruise on her scalp, starting at the hairline. Bruises and cuts that looked like someone had socked her on the chin. Ugh. And old healing marks on different of different colors on virtually every other part of her body. Oh, my God. I know. And the little brother, who I think was a um, toddler or a baby, was found roped to a chair. He was drinking spoiled milk and was covered in filth. Oh. And this is an upper middle, like upper class Greenwich Village apartment. So fucking neighbors had to know about this. So according to initial reports on November 1st, um, at around 7 p.m., Joel Steinberg had somehow rendered Lisa unconscious with severe blows to the head. And what Hedda later said as the reasoning was that Lisa wanted to go, quote, Lisa wanted to go to dinner with her father, but he did not want to take her. And then he inflicted the head injury because she wouldn't stop bugging him about wanting to go to dinner before he left. the. But before he left the apartment, Lisa was unconscious. So he left and the mother, Hedda, was alone with the kid who was dying for roughly 10 hours, failing oh. to notify police or medical personnel. Um, Joel left and came back many times. They were freebasing cocaine sometimes together because they were also like weird drug addicts. Yeah. And she says she didn't, Hedda said she didn't, call authorities because she believed that Joel had supernatural healing powers and she was waiting for him to come home and fix her which we'll get into in a bit don't do drugs if you're gonna do drugs don't adopt children stupid motherfuckers don't so around 6 a.m. the next morning Lisa stopped breathing and shortly after Steinberg called 911 at Nussbaum's urging um, Lisa died four days later in the hospital and it was determined, determined the cause of death was a head injury apparently inflicted by what they say was a rubber headed hammer. Holy shit. I know it's heartbreaking. Um, the St. Vincent doctors, this is according to Joyce Johnson who wrote a book called what Lisa knew. The doctor showed a quote map of pain on her body. Ugh. I know this poor little thing, man. I wish, I wish I, <laughs> They also, let's see, um, the house was filthy and contained large quantities of cocaine and other drugs. And the couple was arrested on child abuse charges. Um, New York law stated at the time that if one parent beats a child and the other stays silent about it, each is equally guilty. But That's good. I know. But Hedda was late. I mean, is it? Because is that giving any understanding to the to the other parent who didn't do it, who was probably abused as well and victimized. It, true, we don't know. true, true. We don't know. But yeah. here's the, but here's the, so Hedda was later found to have been abused by Joel throughout their relationship. She suffered from nine broken ribs, a broken jaw and a broken nose. And if you look at photos of her at this trial and right after this happened, this person is fucking disfigured. Yes. Like this person's that she had to get uh, cartilage from her quote, good ear taken oh. out to reconstruct her nose which had collapsed because he'd punched her so mm-hmm. many times yeah oh fuck um so she wasn't prosecuted due to the belief that years of abuse had rendered her incompetent at the time of the murder and instead that makes sense yeah and yeah let's we'll talk about fucking culpability man mm. instead she was sent to a psychiatric hospital 
um, when the cops said that when they opened, when she opened the door to let them in, when Le- to help Lisa, she had at that moment two black eyes, a split lip, the bridge of her nose was gone, and shards of bony cartilage were protruded and out of her nose she had a bandage wrapped around her frizzled gray hair to hide spots where clumps had been torn out she was hunched and moved painfully like an old woman oh my god i know in exchange for her testimony against joel hedda was not prosecuted and joel was charged with first degree manslaughter Mm. Mm -hmm. so the trial Uh okay go ahead why How? not? Why not murder? I don't know. I don't even know. Okay. Be- oh, you know why? Because later it was said that if Hedda had called the ambulance at that moment, Lisa would have survived for sure. <gasps> so, so she, it wasn't his intent to murder her right. when he did kill her, right? Jesus Christ. <sighs> breathing, 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 breathing. What, what's I around just us re- right now? Seafoam <laughs> green wall. We're here in 2016 and not in 80s New York yeah. in this horrible apartment. What do you feel under your hand? What I you- just remembered as you were talking, describing her appearance, there was an amazing article in Oprah's magazine mm. uh, that she, Hedda Nussbaum, wrote. Well, she wrote a book. Did she? Yeah. I bet that was just publicity then. And it was just an excerpt from the book. I it, bet was it was unbelievable. She wrote a book about, uh, she does like uh, talks and uh, about being abu- abusive relationships. And she wrote a book about, about it that I didn't really want to include because I don't want to make this about. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, but we, you know, I'm not, she wrote a book. It's just the side by side of her when she was young, when she first yeah. met him. And when she was arrested is, cr- she looks like an old witch. Yeah. And she was this gorgeous young New York woman yeah when I just have when she such met him a, I mean this is the problem is I've never been no, it's not a problem this is great I've never been in an abusive relationship before so I don't know the fucking the Ins head and games yeah. and the the and the um the way you have to rationalize rationalize things, things yeah. in your head because this person you care about you know, is doing these things and you want to believe that they that they have no control over that they're not doing it on purpose, that they would never hurt you. Otherwise your whole fucking world is just shattered and that's right. Insane. And on top of that, they're using strong, they're freebasing at this point. I mean, freebasing cocaine is like, you're, you're doing crack. You're, you're a crackhead. You're a psychopath. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they were, there was also some weird, like cult stuff and they had been convincing her that she like mind games with her, that she had been, um, sleeping around and had been um, hypnotized and it, it, there was just some very fucked up mind games with this guy Joel Ugh. so so alright so the trial so this was actually the first trial which made New York which turned New York into the 44th state to allow television cameras in the courtroom oh, and this was like yeah. fucking watched like yeah. people tuned in constantly for this um, had a testified that there were clear signs of sexual abuse on Lisa in 1983 when Lisa was two years old, but that she did nothing about it. She said that her discovery came. So Lisa had spent three weeks with a Long Island couple that they had partied with, that the couple partied with. Just let them stay with this couple. And what? Uh, Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, you go. Uh, Nothing. I just, I'm disgusted. It's disgusting. Your face is telling me everything. It's very upsetting. And Hedda said, I guess I was changing her diaper. I observed a bruise on her vagina 
a large bruise over her vaginal area. It was purplish black and blue. She said she did nothing. And under cross-examination, yeah, she said she did nothing about it because she took it to Joel and thought he would handle it. I hope I'm not, I hope everyone isn't not listening anymore. No, it's, it, it happened. Okay. And, oh, another thing that when she had a quoted that when he hit her and Lisa and she went unconscious, he yelled to Hedda, look at what you made me do. Oh, wow. So during the trial that, yeah, they said that Lisa's injuries were severe, but she would have almost certainly survived if given prompt medical treatment. So this is probably why he had manslaughter. So the jury wanted to convict Steinberg on the more serious charge of second degree murder, but they couldn't because so they could only convict him of the of the second of the second most serious charge which is first degree manslaughter mm-hmm. so the judge then sentenced him to the maximum penalty then available guess guess what guess how long that is karen um god is it seven years eight and one third oh. to 25 years in prison and he's a lawyer right yeah 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 so on two occasions so steinberg served his time on two occasions, he was denied discretionary parole because he never expressed any remorse for the killing. He never said he was, he hit her. He it was always an argument that something his must fault. have happened with Hedda. Yeah. And wow. the girl. But on June 30th, 2004, he was paroled under the state's quote, good time law, meaning he did good time. He was a good inmate. Congratulations, you killed he wasn't, a kid. He wasn't a good father. Yeah. You, he was a rotten father and husband. That's insane. All right. Um, okay. It mandates the release of inmates who exhibit good behavior while incarcerated after having served as little as two-thirds of the maximum possible sentence. After his release, he moved to Harlem, um, and he works in the construction industry. He continues to main, maintain his innocence, but there was this really great New York magazine article where this journalist, I don't have his name, uh, was like clearly like this guy's full of shit. He was um, interviewing his attorney. Who's like just a fucking dick lick motherfucker. Um, Excuse me. (laughs) Why now? (laughs) What? Uh, Why now? We say fuck every five seconds. Why excuse myself? Excuse me. Excuse me for that. Something about dick lick motherfucker was a little more. You that was that was one step too far. Weirdly, that's something I say on the regular. (laughs) Dick lick motherfucker. Learn it. Um, In the magazine article, he like needled Joel, and finally Steinberg finally admitted that he quote pushed his daughter a little quote with the soft pad you know on your palm he finally kind of gave in because the whole article they were trying to the the lawyer was trying to make it seem like joel was the victim of this like media slander to make him look innocent and him look guilty and it's like just what a piece of shit yeah um in 2003 steinberg was ordered to pay lisa's biological mother the one who gave her up for adoption 15 million for the quote heinous outrageous crime of murdering lisa wow i'm a little bit like do you deserve that money? No. But still, I like the idea he has to pay. And then, but then a civil suit, Hedda, um, was, wanted to collect $3.6 million from Joel for eight years of beatings she said she endured and the permanent disfigurement she has suffered. Which at that point, I'm a little like, this child died 
you need to walk the fuck away. Yeah. Or am I being insensitive to I mean there's <laughs> there's victims. a lot there's a lot of ways that we can offend people in this. But here's <laughs> this is my stance because the, I remember the wanting money is like such the, the wanting money is bullshit. Yeah. Because you I understand that she was in an abusive relationship. I also understand that she was a drug addict, which is a lot of people don't have empathy for that. Mm -hmm. I do. And I understand that you go into a place that is inexplicable and indefensible a lot of the time. Yes. You don't ask for money for doing that. You make no. reparations. You fix your life. You make your amends. You clear away the wreckage of your past. You don't ask to be paid for the thing you fucked up. The thing about it is, is like, y you were an adult in this relationship as mind fucked as you were, as victimized as you were, you stayed in it. You chose to stay in it until this awful thing happened. If that hadn't happened, you would have stayed in it and the children would have still been abused. It just so happens that that Lisa died, that, that you got out of it. Right. And there's so many examples, I'm sure listeners, too, who have figured out a way to get out of abusive relationships and how fucking difficult it is and awful it is, but you fucking do it. And that's your choice as an adult. Right. So the fact that this woman who had a choice to be in this relationship. And then after a while. Then wants money. Didn't have. Yeah. The money part is problematic because it's she is a victim in a lot of ways, but she's also a victimizer. Yeah. And there were two children in that apartment. Um, I remember reading something where they usually kept the little boy under a flipped over crib so like a little jail Jesus. that that's how they kept him like a little cage i mean yeah it's just so fucked up it's like i, I read i actually when that all happened i read everything i could read about it because i couldn't believe it when was it happened real. yeah when it happened so i was probably like 12 or 13 yeah. i i got my hands on anything because it was beyond these weren't like people that you normally saw on tv mm -hmm. with that were the bad guys mm -hmm. these were upscale new yorkers yeah. whose lives had spiraled because of drugs but they didn't just spiral like oh now we're homeless oh now it's all on us we're bad yeah. they they made these children live in hell and they killed these children essentially and i mean not to f fucking defend drug addicts which we've both been so it's not like i'm fucking talking shit but like not all or not all drug addicts abuse children no that's like something you would do before you do drugs too it's not like that's I right took drugs and became a child abuser but i do remember reading something hadn't that that article i read it of that was probably an expert excerpt from hedda nisbaum's book uh -huh. talking about what an insane control freak yeah. from day one yeah. he was and how awful he was and whatever it it you got into it like it it's you could see it you could see where she got led down that path yeah but yeah uh, the idea that she's gonna get um, any amount of money like I, the idea that she would even ask for that yeah. money i just think is super gross it's, it's the asking for it that immediately puts her in an unsympathetic light i mean from a distance all yeah. also there was an episode did you were you you were probably too young there was a show called the equalizer when i was growing up mm -mm. and it was basically they remade it into a movie with denzel but when i was growing up it was an old 
white haired man that would that was basically like some kind of ex CIA or whatever Mm -hmm. who would get hired when things were really bad and there's no cops couldn't help and no one could help Mm -hmm. that's when you call the equalizer you should I know that you know it I know that yeah Um, the the opening credits for the equalizer alone are worth watching oh my god I love it but there was an there was an episode of the equalizer after this story came out that was so fucking upsetting (gasps) because it was a little girl whose father was this fucking abusive maniac but the parents weren't like cokeheads they were like crazy rich and it was this father that would like they'd all had to sit at the table and it it was really 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 upsetting and it and uh it theoretically was it like kind of like a reaction of like it was one of those ripped from the headlines yeah like kind of thing what it's like day to day in reality yeah and by the end i think this little girl that the equalizer was trying to help I'm talking about this like it's real. But anyway, it was just that kind of thing that was very, it pervaded the culture. That story, people went insane about that story. I totally remember it. Uh, It's so troubling. And I think I I couldn't find it, but I, I want to, I want to see the laws that were changed because of this, because I, I remember reading at some point that there was like a, uh, you must, if you suspect abuse, especially for the teachers, I think you have to report it. Yeah. Like there, there, there's some kind of law came about because of that, but I couldn't find anything. Well, the idea that the doctors were saying her body was a map of pain. Yeah. And then the teachers, the teachers were like, yeah, we saw that. They didn't even say like, we never saw signs. They saw it. Also the idea that abusing a two year old is so fucking disgusting. Mm hmm. Like when when Hedda found that the sexual abuse, yeah. like you think about that of like who were those fucking people? But who? What was wrong with her that she didn't? This was her mother that she didn't immediately yeah. think to herself, "My child is the important part yes. here." Yeah, like you take her to one hospital to get treatment for any of these things, and it's an investigation is going to start. Like right, you you know he left for dinner. And was gone for hours and you were with her for 10 hours and a never a moment crossed your mind to go, go across the hall to your neighbors and say, I need to go call. You don't have to call 911 yourself, but like, but it, I think there was stories about the fact that she never left that apartment. Right. Like she did not leave it. Right. And she didn't wear normal clothes. Right. I think it was always pajamas. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I you reminded me of this crime i absolutely have to read a book on it now because i remember like i have everything is you know well this guy from the new york magazine article says that the art that the book by um fuck oh joyce johnson called what lisa knew was really good okay so maybe we should both read that yes let's do that okay did you finish the ted bundy book yet I'm like, I think I have like three chapters left. Did you, I recently was reading, there was a Reddit AMA that someone posted on the Facebook page, an AMA of the psychologist in the prison who, um, who was the first psychologist to like discuss, talk up with Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy called him the first time he escaped off a of payphone. I was like, Hey, like, and so he was like, and ask me anything. It wasn't like super in depth and great, but it was cool. I'll send it to you. Was it, it's not the one that got recorded, is it? Because yes. there's a video of him no. talking to a guy. No, yeah, it got recorded, but he didn't post it. Audio, audio, not video. Yeah, okay. There's a video of Ted Bundy being interviewed that I can't watch. Oh my god! I've tried to watch it, and I can't. I don't want to watch him sit calmly and discuss himself like he's a star. That pisses me off. What does he talk about? Um, 
he I think he's being interviewed by a cop. Oh my god. But I but I'm not sure. I can't wait till we do but that. I've never I, I've never watched it. We should do like a, a special like a and we both talk about this yeah. Ted Bundy somehow. Let's do that. We can like split it up into parts. Let's do it. That's good. This like weird Playboy photo of him where he's like half naked. Have you seen this? Like naked on a bear rug kind of a thing? Oh yeah, posing. What the fuck? Yeah. He's staying sexy as fuck. He Ted Bundy is ridiculous this the way that story is written yeah. and the fact that Anne rule as a writer and as a crime person herself was there yeah. at that mo- it's the craziest coincidence it or is. you know like happenstance or yeah. whatever fate whatever you want to call it yeah. it's amazing and it's such a good book yeah. it's so readable yeah well this was a fucking party of party of none none <laughs> this was a sad child murder episode uh, yeah sorry guys. um elvis guys listen oh go to uh we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on facebook you we have emails we um we need to do another mini and read a bunch yeah. of and um, read a bunch of hometown murders stuff that doesn't make me cry i need to go to therapy uh more than oh, i already shit. do there's just so many it just keeps coming that's the thing is we really we really dug ourselves a real hole by getting into this topic because it's it's all we do i know that's I, all we talk about i'm fine talking like it really makes me feel better that i have a point in reading about all these murders instead of just doing it like i did before yeah that's very true because yeah. i'm gonna read it either way right but there are some that i that you know just affect you more like probably for a lot of people child murders yeah um but oh uh thank you for guys we love you guys and we appreciate you listening and you should tell a friend about this yeah maybe if if nothing else just stay sexy and don't get murdered okay elvis want a cookie (laughs) (laughs) the running meow Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.